shot towards the end zone under the top of the touchdown. Trey Tucker. To the end zone it goes. Caught. Touchdown, Arbon Ben. Great to be with everyone on the Bearcat Blitz podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host of the brand new show covering Cincinnati Bearcats football. Russ Heltman. Uh, you might have seen my work on all Bearcats related with Sports Illustrated covering the team year in and year out since the end of the 2021 historic run to the college football playoff season. And I am honored, thrilled to be welcomed on the show by my co-hosts for this run for as long as they'll have us here at Believe. Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver, class of 2008, or part of the 2008 team, 2008, 2009 class, had uh, 80 plus catches in that season was a big part of the Orange Bowl run. Dominic, we're doing it, man. We're in here. We're ready to go for the beginning of the Bearcats run in the Big 12 and the beginning of the Bearcats run on the Believe Podcast Network. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for the season. I'm excited to be on here with you. Yeah, Dom, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Ready? I'm excited to get the chemistry rolling, talk about the team, talk about just everything going on in the world of the Bearcats. Goodman, obviously, as I mentioned, had 22 career touchdowns, 204 uh, passes caught in his career, 84 during the 2008 season when the Brian Kelly-led Bearcats went to the Orange Bowl, also played for the Kings Comets locally at the professional level, and also the Cincinnati Commandos for the Continental Indoor Football League. Uh, he's he's an arena football record holder as well, and also played for a time in Europe, in Germany with the Dresden Monarchs. Now you're you're wearing the coach hat, right, Dominic? You've been coaching all around the city over the past half decade or so. Yeah, I've been coaching for a while. I've been coaching since um, 2012 when I was still playing in the arena up in Cleveland. I coached at Corrin High School for two years under Coach Bolton. Then I went on to Northwest High School, coached under Nate Mahan and Coach Jay, and then uh, took a took a little break, came back, coached at Princeton, and then I took an offensive coordinator job at New Miami High School, and now present um, offensive coordinator at Talawanda High School. Stacking on up, moving on up. I like it through the uh, through the through the assistant coaching rakes now. And OC, real, real quick before we get into it's fitting that we have local recruit, local guy, a local player for the Bearcats, a local coach on the offensive side, because we're going to be talking offense today, do an offense preview a little bit today, talk about the biggest storylines surrounding Scott Satterfield's unit on that side of the ball, and then we'll do uh, defense later in the week. It's going to be a two-show-per-week format. We're going to bring you guys uh, an audio version through all your podcast platforms. We'll, of course, have uh, a subscription ability for you, for you to be able to access all that through streaming or through Stitcher, through Google Podcasts, through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. We are scheduled, I believe, to also appear on Bally Sports Cincinnati, the TV channel, home of the Reds, and a lot of different local sports broadcasts. So we're going to be on there once a week as well as a TV format. So plenty of ways to get Bearcat Blitz, whether you want it on demand with your podcast feed, you want to tune in and uh, and TiVo us a little bit, put us on the uh, put us on the uh, in the catalog of recorded TV shows. So many great ways to check out Bearcat Blitz, and you can also check it out. On, uh, on the YouTube page, our YouTube page I made for the show, Talking Cats with Russ Heltman. We'll be putting every single video version of the show on that uh, on that YouTube page. But Dominic, it's time to get into it, man. We got less than two weeks now, 
Less than two weeks until the start of the 2023 season. A nice little on-ramp. How Before we get into the offense, how did you used to approach, how did you like taking on an FCS team early in the season? Do you think it's a good way, especially that first game, to be kind of a pseudo preseason type of experience, get the guys that have been going against each other all past six weeks or so some real kind of onboarded competition to allow them to get into the full-fledged FBS schedule? I think it's a good thing. You know, it kind of sits with see where you're at um, right away and see um, what kind of adjustments you need to make um, instead of finding out late in the season or middle of the season. Some you can just kind of throw it out there. It's kind of like a preseason game in a way, but you also want to win. But um, but it's a great way to just get battle tested and see where you're at. Yeah, no doubt. Playing Eastern Kentucky on September 2nd to kick off their inaugural season in the Big 12. And a big part of that kickoff is going to be an offense, Dominic, that returns one starter. One starter returning on this offense, and it's a part of the offensive line in center, Gavin Gerhardt. Everyone else is gone, including the team's top six pass catchers from last season. They did not participate in the bowl game, and they have uh, seemingly gone their different ways, whether it's to the NFL and guys like Trey Tucker, Tyler Scott, Josh Wiley, or just different schools, or just graduating and moving on with from their football careers in general. So when we look at this offense, Dominic, I think the biggest question mark to me is what are you going to get at quarterback and what are you going to get weapon-wise from this Scott Satterfield-led unit that I, I really think has a chance to pop, especially in the ground game uh, from a team a year ago that averages four yards per carry, was kind of at the bottom of the offensive rushing success ranks across the entire national landscape. Biggest question to me, though, is these top weapons. For me, I do feel like a guy in Xavier Henderson who had pretty good reviews throughout fall camp and has all of that chemistry from Florida with incumbent, or not incumbent, but new starting quarterback, Emory Jones. To me, he is the favorite to be the leading weapon on this entire team. Who are some guys that you're kind of looking at in, in maybe the hierarchy of weapons that you're looking at in this new look Bearcats offense that has one returning starter? Um, really just, you know, we got Wiggins, another guy for him as well. Um, another guy named Smith, um, another receiver for him. And then I know they got some transfer guys. There's a guy I coach as well named Sterling, um, Burkhardt. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, coached him at Williams at Princeton. Um, but, um, it's, they got some talent, you know, a lot of good talent, you know, uh, receivers. It's kind of, it's kind of easy for to get, for us, um, get implemented in the game. Um, just getting used to your quarterback. Once you get used to your quarterback, things kind of get more smooth. And I think that's something they've been doing, spending a lot of time this um, during these camps, um, spring camp, really acclimating, getting that, getting that gelling, getting that together. Um, but when, when you got a team with that, with that, that many that starters returning, you kind of got to lean on your run game a little bit. Um, with Connor and Montgomery, guys that played. Um, they kind of know the game, and you got a running quarterback, so that helps a lot too as well. Athletic quarterback is that help with the run game as well. So when you have that going for you, a lot of the opens up a lot of the play actions, opens up a lot of deep balls, um, gets a lot of people open in, in the pass game. So I just think offensively, um, opening up that that run game and getting that going, I think they'd be fine. So back going, kind of touching on your career a little bit, comparing it, was there ever a scenario where where you had to 
go through a full-fledged quarterback change in your four years at Ohio at, or not Ohio State at, at UC or was it kind of a you had the same guy building up like you and Tony building up throughout those four years was it more of that sense or was there kind of that abrupt change that you had to go through and build chemistry quickly throughout a fall camp or a spring session um, it's kind of a abrupt change. I never, I never had um, the same quarterback. Um, each year I had a different one. My first year it was Gruta. Next year it was mixture of Gruta and uh, Davila. Then my third year, um, Gruta got hurt. I mean, my third year Ben Mock came in, mm-hmm. and then my senior year Gruta got hurt. Pike came in. Pike got hurt. Chaz Anderson came in. Um, Chaz got hurt. Zach Clores came in, and then back to Pike. So. Uh, never really had the same quarterback, but when you have, when you go through camp and go through spring games like that, you have no choice to go through that many quarterbacks getting reps with them and uh, spending that time after practice and um, during that off-season workouts, getting that acclimated with the quarterbacks, kind of help with the time and, and help you prepare for those situations. Is the timing the hardest thing to kind of lock down with a new guy, kind of just getting out of your breaks when he's going to hit you with the ball, when he's feeling like you're getting open most consistently on each route? Yeah, especially especially when you got concepts involved, um, just knowing the the quarterback's progressions and knowing he can read the coverages, knowing like at a receiver, if I see cover two and I know I got a – I'm supposed to run a a hitch, but I got this guy pressed on me, I got to go – Go hit a go route, and, and if you with that timing, a quarterback can hit it in a hole. Is that timing you can get? Some quarterbacks throw it too deep, or they fit it right in that hole. It's just all that timing with practice and um, running routes together. Key thing, key thing that timing, and of course, Dominic Goodman got a firsthand experience right there with uh, <laughs> with all of this quarterback change. That's a lot, yeah. That, that's rare too to have multiple injuries like that shake up your quarterback room like two or three times in a college career. It's a first-hand experience right there. So we're here on the Bearcat Blitz podcast. I am your host, Russ Heltman, and he is my co-host, Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver right here on the Believe Podcast Network. We're going to be coming to you twice a week, as I mentioned, each and every week during the football season. We might end up doing some basketball. We might not. We'll see how things shake out once we get to the end of uh, end of the season. But an awesome, awesome look here at the Bearcats offense. And we're looking at the run game next before we go to break you got miles montgomery who was a guy that really stood out to me throughout the spring period Corey kiner came on a little bit more so throughout the fall camp period kiner the the most returning rushing yards of anybody on the roster going into 2023 in terms of guys coming back from last season charles mcclellan of course led the team and was the most efficient ball carrier and top leading rusher with 849 yards on 5.8 yards per carry miles montgomery didn't get a whole lot of opportunity only 63 excuse me only 14 carries last year but did post 120 yards on those 14 carries and Corey kiner just 81 attempts Less than 100 carries for your two biggest bell cow backs in an offense, Dominic, that I think you and I both agree is going to have to lean on the run and will likely lean on the run and be successful at it if the offense is going to reach the ceiling. We expect four yards per carry last year, though, completely reshaping this offensive line room. Should fans expect the run game to be better than it was last year, even though there is all that turnover hitting areas outside of the center position? Um, this is something you can't expect um, to be just popping, happening right now or making it, things um, going like just basically you can't just slow expect. build, so to speak. Yeah, so just slow build through the season. Slow build, you know, because, you know, with line, it takes you got to 
basically just learn learning together as far as the pulling and gelling together when you pull in and finding those um, tack, finding those linebackers and running backs got to find the running lanes and just getting comfortable with the line. Um, it's just things that's the it goes back to receiving the quarterbacks. It's time. But now it's running backs and linemen just find getting used to each other and finding a run fits and which way they block and which way they move. So um, it's a little adjustment and it's going to take some time. Yeah, we'll run through the stir- projected starters of what things are kind of looking like after the break here in just a second. But to me, the tackle positions are looking like arguably the two most important positions on this entire team. If they can protect Emory Jones and the passing front on the outside, make sure that his pocket isn't collapsing around him, give him some lanes in terms of the interior guys to kind of let him operate and let him be able to get some rushing lanes if things do end up breaking out. But you can't have interior pressure. So I think obviously allowing that pocket to build from the tackles on the outsides and be able to give him a nice pocket there. And then the rushing attack in terms of the outside zone, you need athleticism at those tackle spots. You need guys that are going to be able to get out and set the edge and set those defined um, territories for the rushers to get through. And I think DeAndre Buford, who had a solid showing, according to PFF, and run blocking last year at UK, and John Williams, who has gotten rave reviews over the past couple of weeks or so in terms of his growth from spring ball to the uh, exit of higher ground and back to the nipper just a couple of days ago has been pretty palpable. We'll take a quick break here on the Bearcat Blitz podcast, then we'll come back with a look at the starting projections for the Bearcats offense heading into 2023. We're back on it here on the second half of the Bearcat Blitz podcast. I'm your host, Russ Elman, and he is former UC wide receiver, Dominique Goodman. So as I was talking about the, the starters and getting into the starting quarterback situation it's going to be Emory Jones we know it's going to be Emory Jones transfer from Florida and Arizona State played his college ball there over the past couple years but uh uh, maybe a little bit of shakeup. I I had projected Dominic before fall camp started that Brady Drogosh might be the second string quarterback going into his freshman season a little too ahead of my skis a little bit there it feels like Brady Lichtenberg has done enough in terms of his experience his time in the program to be the second string quarterback but overall, we kind of know what we got in this quarterback room. And I think that's a that's a pretty good thing considering where it was in the Ben Bryant, Emory Jones quarterback battle in the spring to where it is now. Yeah. Um, so quarterback, I know I heard a lot of good things about him. Um, athletic quarterback, dual quarterback. And that's something you need, especially being in the Big 12 with, um, with, a, high, with a lot of scoring in, that, in the Big 12 um, and a lot of with athleticism being able to stretch the – extend the plays and getting the ball downfield and also helping with the run game as well. So uh, I think he's a good quarterback and and I'm excited to see him play. Corey Kiner, Miles Montgomery feels like those guys should be the top options at running back. Maybe we see a a good influx of Ryan Montgomery, I would guess as well in terms of a veteran presence, Ethan Wright could see some mix in there as well. Haven't heard as much about uh, freshman Stephen Bird as I did in the spring. So we might not see as much of him, but I think three to four guys should expect to see, I would guess, 40 plus, maybe 50 plus carries out of um, maybe you may get 50 plus carries out of four guys this year uh, in similar fashion to Satterfield offense as we've seen in years past. Yeah, you know, every every running back, the way the game is now, every running back is kind of used in their own little way. You know, kind of more of your, your power back kind of guy. 
Then you got Montgomery is kind of like your, your dual threat kind of guy can get a, get on the pass game and also um, give you the runs outside and also kind of run between the tackles as well. Uh, when you have like that many uh, running backs at your uh, at at your at your exposure, uh, it makes it good for your offense too. Throws the defense off and uh, give them a different look each time. So get some of the defense got to worry about when each running back comes in the game. No doubt, no doubt. Receiver wise, pretty much a known commodity at this point too. In a in a big big, just full breath of relief i think for bearcats fans when they are hearing about this group of receivers compared to the group of receivers that they were trotting out there in the spring Braden smith comes in fully healthy he looks like a dynamic type of switching versatile weapon that you could put all over the alignment d wiggins as you mentioned looking like him and xavier henderson should be those go-to outside receiver weapons that can really maybe take the top off the defense a little bit they're great reviews of Emory Jones deep ball throughout training camp. And I think that's, that's another reason why the tackles are going to be so important in this offense is it's going to be key to be able to run the ball efficiently and be able to hit those shot plays down the field. Scott Satterfield talked about that uh, multiple times over the past couple months. And then D wig, I mentioned D Wiggins, Henderson, Braden Smith, Evan Prater. How much does he play in his first year as a wide receiver? Interested in that. Washington straight transfer Donovan Ollie. He was the talk of the wide receiver room, arguably the number one wide receiver on the team in the spring. Does he fall down a little bit? A question mark there. I don't know how much he will. Maybe he'll just be slotting in and, and getting similar type of reps to these other four guys. I mean, Aaron Turner, solid Connecticut transfer, really good guy in the slot for the UConn Huskies over the past couple of years. Barry Jackson Jr. was a standout in the spring. You mentioned Sterling Burkhalter in our first segment. This is a much healthier wide receiver room and a deeper wide receiver room than they had coming off of the spring game, in my opinion, Dominic. Yeah, I mean, I, and that's really – it's real good because now – because the game has changed where I know when I played uh, UC, we only did three three receivers and we stay on the field all the time. Run a go right, got to come back. Um, nowadays, you got so many, receive, so many receivers that you can play, have a six-man rotation where you having guys coming in, coming out, and also using those guys' abilities um, as well in the game. And, and, a lot, and I'm kind of – I'm kind of eager to see Evan Prater, how he does with that transition, because I know uh, a lot of quarterbacks go through that transition, but it's, I feel like it's more easier for quarterbacks to transfer the receiver due huh. because just knowing the offense, knowing the coverage, knowing reading is picking park in the zone when you're running your routes. Um, so I'm kind of eager how, how that goes. Um, but uh, they, it's, it looks like they got the, the, the right people in the right spot with the two guys that blow the top off with Henderson and Wiggins. Um, and then you having the slot play um, that helps as well. So I think they all complement each other, and uh, and I'm hoping for the best because you know I'm a receiver, and every receiver that came through UC um, been tearing it up, and even in the NFL yeah. right now. So I'm excited for the receivers at Bearcat history. Yeah, there's a trio of good ones in there right now, and Alec Pierce, uh, Trace, Trey Tucker, and and Tyler Scott. Obviously, Trey Tucker, Tyler Scott. Yet to make their NFL mark, but they're about to in the 2023 season. Tight end, we can jump through pretty quickly. I think Shaman Mater has a chance, Dominic, to be the breakout star of this entire football team. He was the number one recruit, I believe it was, in 2021 or 2020. He was one of the – he was – I think he still is one of the three or four highest-rated 24-7 offensive players that the school's ever brought in out of high school. Has so much athleticism, has so much potential, and unfortunately for the room – 
But fortunately for Shimon Mater, transfer from Western Kentucky, Joey Belgian, still working his way back from a serious leg injury that he suffered in the spring, was thought to be maybe season-ending. I saw him working out on the sidelines uh, doing rehab when I was there for my one day. I was able to get out to higher ground this fall camp it didn't he didn't seem to me like someone who wasn't gunning for some kind of return later on in the year so we'll monitor that situation of course we'll have to ask Satterfield about that next time uh, I get a mic in front of him but the, the the room in general is still I think decently strong as long as Mater lives up to his expectations 70 percent of those or 65 percent of those it'll still be a solid tight end room with Mater and then Redshirt Jr. Peyton Singletary on the other side and then closing things out here with the offensive line as I mentioned it's looking like John Williams on the left side left guard D'Artagnan Tensley who I believe was a transfer into the program coming into last season and then kind of got his feet underneath them and is now starting to take on a starting role center Gavin Gerhart he's a guy that I think would be the first to tell us. And he told me in the spring when one of those interviews that starting as a center in college football is hard. It's difficult. He struggled a little bit last year, struggled overall with his consistency and play. I think he's trying to really bounce back and, and make a name for himself in year number two as a starter. And then right guard Luke Kandra comes over with Scott Satterfield as a really strong player at Louisville, strong player in high school locally here, went to elder and now, paired along that offensive line with right tackle DeAndre Buford, who was one of the uh, big offensive gets in the transfer portal over the past six months, guy coming over from Kentucky. If this group gels, which the coaching staffs, Coach Satterfield noted, they feel like they have seven solid options on the offensive line right now, then this, this offense can go from, I believe, projected as one of the 40, 50, in the bottom 40 or 50 in the country, to a top 60, top 50 offense nationally, and with this defense, Dominic, that's a recipe right there to start shocking some people and going over your projected win totals, going over your projections for the national media. Yeah, I mean, when you got a line, when you got a good line, it's gelling like that. Uh, it makes stuff a lot easier for uh, play calling, um, run, running the ball and passing the ball. Um, I know center is a big key. You know, it's like a hey, another quarterback on the field now. I know a lot of centers that had a lot of trouble when they first started, but I mean, centers just like quarterback, you got to identify the mic, you got to identify the blitzes, you got to identify and tell your line who's coming, who you got to pick up on the pass protection. Um, it's a lot of responsibilities being that center, but um, with the center coming back, that, that helps a lot. And then pretty much you got um, tackles and guards that got experience. And it's just once you, like you said, just um, gelling together, getting that experience together, playing the game. Um, as far as the tight end, I'm really excited about um, – what was it? How you say his Shaman. name? Shaman. Shaman. I don't want to butcher his name or nothing. But, uh, but I, I remember I came to a uh, spring game last year, and I got to see him play. And uh, Coach Cones was telling me about him. And uh, and Gino Caduli also was telling me about him as well. And uh, I know he's been on a lot of people's radar and what I've seen, uh, you know, Bearcats tight end you now to me. I mean, a lot of good tight ends come out of there, and he's another one um, ready to come out and make his big break. So um, there you go, Travis was, Kelsey to Josh Wiley to uh, Chimamater. He said he wants to set that touchdown record. He's noted it already, so we'll see if he can get it done. And hopefully, we can set some records for the Believe Podcast Network. We are done with the first ever show of Bearcat Blitz. Unfortunately, ran out of time today, but for Dominic Goodman. For Russ Eltman, thank you all for tuning in. We'll have you covered throughout the Bearcats football season and beyond right here on Believe. 
and tune into some other great Believe podcasts while you're at it. We'll be back with two shows a week, every single week throughout the football season. Enjoy, everybody. Six, Ritter to the end zone, looking for Pierce. Did he hang on? Yes. Touchdown. Back as I've been around. Here he goes again. Busts free. Jerome Ford down the sideline. Foot race. Has caught. Touchdown. 79 yards. This is a big one too. And it's going to go all the way to the house on the first play.